Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We're back after a brief but probably understandable hiatus, given everything that's going on in the world. The last pod we did was an innocent post-gamer after the Celtics win over the Pacers, and then the very next day, everything changed quite a bit. Anyway, full squad today, Jackson and Joe, both here on Reddit. They go by Rickman Lives and Nosegrows McFly. Guys, first of all, it's just nice to see you guys again, right? Like, it's been a while. How are you guys doing? To be honest, man, it's been a pretty massive few weeks, eh? Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, in New Zealand, the financial year ends 31st of March. My um, my job for anybody who cares is an accountant, so um, it's a pretty massive time. Um, and the, the the Rona hit at a very inopportune moment. Um, and uh, in, in New Zealand, we've got a, we've got a, a wage subsidy, um, I guess, program that the government's rolled out, so we've been pretty heavily involved in making sure our clients get hold of that so sort of like a really important thing to be bumped like top priority at a time when you normally have just like every energy focused on getting your year-end stuff done um so you know i know i know i'm I'm playing the violin a little bit here but um but man (laughs) it's been a full-on few weeks man and it's not really stopping yet yeah, I can. I mean, everyone's got their own little violin story at the moment, right? Like totally. that's the thing. Everyone's life has been completely disrupted. And like, what, what about you, Jackson? What's changed for you? Um, I'm staying at home a lot more. <laughs> I stayed at home. I stayed at home a lot to begin with, but like this is like taking it to the extreme. Um, but adjusting accordingly, I mean, like yeah, like I, I, the same grievances as Joe. Like our work has uh, picked up immensely, working in a, a similar um, industry as he does. But um, very thankful to a uh, be still having a job, c b yeah. uh, not have the disease or know anyone who's got it. Um, yeah, the, the, honestly, the the, the biggest uh, downside is there is no more NBA for the foreseeable future, and we've been living without it for a month. So. Uh, that and some other sports as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it hasn't been enjoyable in that respect. Yeah, I, I would watch amateur ping pong and bet on amateur ping pong, right? Like anything, right? Anything sort of competitive. They've even canceled esports. Like there's, no, there's nothing as far as I'm aware um, to to like sit on the edge of your seat and and have a beer and and watch with a mate. Not that you can do anything with a mate anyway. Like it's just... 
It's insane. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not saying anything new. Ben, you can watch Jordan Crawford highlights from the season 2013-14, and that will keep you on the edge of your seat, as I have had to do. <laughs> I Joel, do that anyway. Fill in later. There's some corkers in there. But that, if you're desperate, that's something. Guys, just for the benefit of our uh, loyal listenership, um, such as they are, um, what's, what's the situation over in Australia right now? Um, what's, what's allowed? What's not? Like, what's... What, you know, what's the restrictions you guys are officially under? You're not allowed to hang out in groups of more than two, as far as I'm aware. And you can only really leave the house with a stated and reasonable reason to do so, uh, such as uh, visiting a medical appointment, uh, necessary groceries, uh, like compassionate family caring situations, uh, and, and exercise. They've just closed down the basketball court around the corner from my house and all of the other nearby basketball courts. Um, so my preferred mode of exercise has, has been completely shut down. Um, Jackson, is that basically your experience as well? They're up in, up in Newcastle, mate. Yeah, well, geographically speaking, I live almost like smack bang in the middle of a Kentucky Fried Chicken, a McDonald's, uh, the biggest <laughs> supermarket for like five kilometers or two and a half miles, what have you, and also a chemist. So foot traffic around my area is about business as usual because all these people are going to their essential places. So um, in that respect, I haven't noticed a huge Just to difference. Just clarify, um, quick clarify, uh, is, is, is um, KFC and, and Macca's and that still open? Yes, oh, yes essential services, mate. They've take got away, to keep them going. Takeaway only. They have like <laughs> cordoned off, roped off all the seating areas, so it's just populated by uh, lots of uh, Uber Eats drivers right. uh, and myself from time to time. But uh, <laughs> I will point out also, it does vary from state to state. I think uh, most laws are all pretty consistent, but I do know that um, yeah, it's like New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland are the ones mandating their own restrictions and uh, whatnot. So yeah, that's Ben and I are in New South Wales, so um, we're under the same set of rules. Same yeah. yeah, and of course, Jackson and I had a plan to, you know, living fairly close to one another to, to watch a playoff game in April. It's now April. Um, that's clearly not going to happen. Um, hopefully, we can watch a playoff game at all in any capacity at some point during this season, um, but that remains to be seen. However, one thing that we can all do in these dark times is just watch Celtics highlights, right? Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but um, I've taken a lot of joy in watching highlights of the season uh, and seasons past just to sort of maintain some element of sanity. And so what we thought we'd do is to to rank the 10 most rewatchable games of the season so far. And tonight we're starting with the games ranked 10 through 6. Uh, but first, we want to get to some Celtics news very quickly. We'd be remiss to not uh, touch on the Celtics Reddit page and uh, and recap some of the news from that page, starting with a tweet by a guy named Marcus Smart. You may have heard of him. Uh, and thanks to Horseshoe Overlook for posting this to Celtics Reddit. The tweet says, Corona-free as of two days ago, cleared by the Mass Department of Health. Thanks to everyone's thoughts and prayers. And I'm doing the same for everyone that's been affected by this. Stay safe and stay together apart much love marcus smart um good stuff i mean i i guess um you know everyone is going to be hit by covid19 in, in their own individual way but the way that we are sort of collectively hit by it was to, to read a couple of weeks ago that um marcus smart had come down with the illness how did you guys like were you guys worried at any point when you heard about that or were you immediately sort of brushing it off thinking like you know this is this is not the biggest challenge that marcus smart has or will face uh, in his life, and he, he's going to be fine. Where, where were you guys at with that? I, I, my thoughts were: Marcus Smart picks up a lot of diseases. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happens around that dude's house, but I'm pot, like, you know, if you had to imagine Marcus Smart as a flatmate, as opposed to Marcus Smart as a teammate, like, 
if Marcus Smart's a good flatmate, like a tidy flatmate, I'll be stunned. <laughs> like, <laughs> if there aren't towels and undies and all sorts everywhere, like, I'll be, I'll be stunned, man. So, so yeah. it makes me like a little, like, it makes me, <laughs> makes me a little less surprised. But, um, yeah, that was my first reaction, honestly. Probably a little on the mirthful <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah, if what you say is true, then his immune system must have like pr- plenty of reps in it, you know. So, yeah, totally. um, I wasn't that concerned at first, although it was kind of an unknown period at that point. Like, I remember the reaction to Rudy, um, Rudy, hey, uh, Rudy Gobert getting it was, um, he should be right, surely. And then Donovan Mitchell got it straight afterwards, and I was like, I don't know. So when the spread started to happen, I was a little bit more like, eh, but when I say the spread, it was like what. How many players did they name in the first few days? Like five, six. And then after that, it was just kind of unknown players. And then there wasn't really anything for a while. It was more like on an international level, but whatever. Mm. Um, I've been yeah, surprised I, at how few players have got it. They did They did flatten the, the curve yeah. in the NBA, at I least, sure very, very quickly and effectively. They never, they never named the Laker who had it or the Lakers who had it. Or at least I never saw that, that they did. Who do you reckon So then maybe they're just keeping more of a lid on it from now on. Like maybe it was a better idea not to like let it out or like maybe spread panic or anything like that. So like the Durant was the last high profile case like that I heard of it. So, and that was, I think about 10 days ago or thereabouts. Everything felt pretty normal like over here in the world until Gobert tested positive. Like it was like, I was like, ah, oh, we'll see about this playing, playing games with no fans business. And then Gobert, like it felt like on that day it went from, like being something that happened somewhere else to something that's happening right here. Not, not mm. least of what, you know, partly pro- or primarily because of the fact that the NBA was now cancelled and I was sort of forced to pay real, yeah. real, real attention to the consequences mm. of it. Did you, I know there wasn't much time between Gobert being publicly diagnosed and, and the league shutting down, but when you first heard the news of Gobert being diagnosed, did you think immediately, okay, well, they're, they're definitely going to shut down the league? Like, did you, did you guys realize how, how serious it was at that point? I, I don't think any other um, sporting league had really addressed it like as definitively as the NBA had like as soon as there was one case that was reported it was suspended like an hour and a half later and like you saw all the other leagues follow suit after that like um I know I'm a big follower of the Premier League and like football in Europe and whatnot that all just like fell like dominoes within within the space of 72 hours they all got called off um then the Australian leagues got cancelled here AFL NRL uh A-League uh the NBL I think the basketball league over here i think they were literally in the finals they of were. Perth versus sydney and they had won. to play it yeah behind <laughs> it yeah it, Controversial. no one there so it was a best yeah, of five um, series and they had to call it off after the third game oh, no, and, right. and they had to make a decision about who actually won <laughs> that was rough I, I do you think there's a um, potential for anything like that to happen in the nba where they um if we get a way outbreak you will some sort of um prediction algorithm to see you know who wins all the various awards and and who the is the, quote the unquote Lewis, it would just the be the system will decide yeah. the the nba <laughs> championship <laughs> uh, required, I, required run rate for the lakers was just too high we we're gonna have to give it to the give to give it to the <laughs> yeah <laughs> rained out season was rained out was a rained out season yeah <laughs> user frodo mk writes with regards to the smart recovery historians will recall this moment as the beginning of the downfall of COVID-19, I, I guess in reference to Marcus Smart's immune system doing kip-ups in, in the face of, of COVID-19. And it also posted to the sub by Bill Gates and Ewan, tweeted by Shams, Boston Celtics guard Marcus Smart plans to donate his blood plasma to national COVID-19 
convalescent plasma project for research on the blood of those who recovered from coronavirus, blah, 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 blah. Sources tell The Athletic. Um, good stuff, Marcus Smite. I mean, I, I put this in the pod because at a time where there's no Celtics news at all, like this, this feels like a win, like a Celtics yeah. win. And it just felt important to reiterate, I guess, because Marcus Smart has been a leader and sort of the unofficial captain for the team. And to see him on the forefront of this and using his platform to do so, um, it just, it was a little bit heartwarming at a time where like there wasn't really a lot going on for anyone, I think. I don't know. How did that make you guys feel? I honestly feel like Marcus Smart would donate his kidney. Like to somebody who needed it, like you know, yeah. like I feel mm-hmm. like I, I actually think he's that sort of a guy, like just as much as I think he's he's probably really messy around the house and doesn't do the dishes. Yeah, I Skip also think, his undies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his 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 laundry, his washing will be in the lounge on the clothes horse for weeks on end. <laughs> but um, I I also think he just strikes me as 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 just like a genuinely big-hearted person, um, and. I, I I love seeing stories that sort of kind of corroborate that, you know, and um and I think it's cool. I mean, I I don't imagine it's got a massive danger to him donating his, his blood plasma, and that's cool. It seems like, you know, I don't know a hell of a lot about biology, but it seems to me like that's probably going to be the most effective or foolproof way to get some sort of um some sort of some sort of treatment, you know, to to Collect people. Data. Just mm, yeah. well, just even just because you can give them that, I think you can inject antibodies basically straight into people. With the same mm. blood type, that might be. I don't know. Like, I don't know, but I think that's the guts Imagine of it. Imagine right? the cure around the corner for Marcus Smart's blood injected straight into you. That's right. How good would that? I would be put there. Put that on email. I, I, I would pay for that treatment. I Marcus yeah. Smart's placement, please. <laughs> Spit it into my mouth. Um, so <laughs> clip that one up, guys. <laughs> so all right. So we've talked a little bit, a little bit about the situation, and like to be honest, there's not a lot that we can say that more qualified people haven't already said. Um, but look, all we can do is give you our perspective. And if you're tuning in, hopefully that's that's what you're looking for. On to the top 10 games of the season uh, from a rewatchable perspective. And we're splitting it into two podcasts um, because 10 games is a lot of content to go over. And if we split it into two podcasts, it's, it's actually more for us to do in this time where we're essentially quarantined as well. What are the ranking factors though, right? Like what goes into assessing what is and what is not a rewatchable game? So I've got four points here and guys, please feel free to add to these. Um, the first point is highlights and not just from the Celtics, but from both teams. A rewatchable game needs to have oops, fast break dunks, you know, uh, controversial moments, controversial refereeing. There needs to be highlights occurring on, on both sides of the court, I think. It, it can't necessarily always just be a Celtics blowout that, that makes it a, a rewatchable game. So that's number one. Number two is moments. Were there moments or was there a single memorable moment that kind of defined this game? Um, number three is the Celtics pawn factor, also known as erotic city. Uh, you know what I'm talking about here, guys, right? Just where you sort of you witness a sequence of plays and you kind of sit back with that sort of satisfied grin on your face. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just feel completely, Satis- completely satisfied by, by what you just saw. Satisfied grin? Like how satisfied are we talking here, Ben? Total satisfaction. You've never felt anything better in your life. It's, <laughs> it's it'll be a, literally it'll be one of those, I'll have what she's having moments. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. An orgasmic sequence of, of, of Celticness. And finally, player performance. Like, did we see a season best or close to 
a season best performance from a Celtic in that game. So those are my four bits of criteria. Do you guys have anything to, to add to that and how you would assess any of these games? Pretty solid. I would add one thing, but given it's all regular season, it's probably null and void. I would add like, you know, um, contextual to like the season and where mm. it's at. Like, is this game to take the number one seed? Is this game to, to do so-and-so, usurp yeah. someone, blah, 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 blah. But regular season highlights. So no, I think your, your criteria is pretty solid. No, that's good. It's a good addition. Joe, anything before we move on? I haven't really thought through criteria, I think. What comes to mind for me when I've rewatched games is the thing that makes them rewatchable is often it's just a hot streak by by a particular player. Often mm-hmm. that seems to be something that's quite rewatchable. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, we'll see. I guess we're all gonna, I haven't actually had a lot of time to rewatch a lot of games, so I'll come back to you with my criteria after we've, <laughs> after we've watched everything. <laughs> well, now you can you can reference this very podcast. Yeah. So we're starting with number ten. Celtics at Lakers, February 23, 2020. Cook him. Cook him. Outside. Again, Jason Tatum with his fourth. Until he gets with the basketball. Drives away from the double team. Taking it to AD. Absolutely cooked him. That was so sweet, that, that sequence. This is right in the midst of the Tatum ascent. And it's relatively soon after to Kobe passing away, which like Jackson adds to that sort of contextual viewpoint that you mentioned a moment ago. Um, and the Celts had only absolutely torched the Lakers like a month beforehand as well. So there was sort of a lot coming into this game, a lot of emotion coming into this game from from both sides. And, you know, even though it was a loss for the Celtics, like it was an incredible, like one of the incredible Tatum games. Um do you guys remember this one? Would you agree that it's a it's a, in the top ten for rewatchable games? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I can it's certainly very memorable. I can remember pretty much everything that happened in the last minute of that game. You know, like right off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure I could describe most of it. Eh? So, um, it's very LeBron like of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. If I if I if I actually got put to the test, I'm sure I'd be exposed. But um, yeah, no, it was um, it was it was a very very memorable game, and it did feel like a coming out party for Tatum. So I, I would tend to I tend to agree, even though we lost. So I don't, I'm not. I, I, there's something something about the bitter, you know, like bitter close losses that are actually, I don't know, they're part of what kind of makes it feel good to be a fan. Like that's that's sort of like you feel like you're getting your you're establishing your, your bona fides as a fan when you go through a really uh, crunching loss, you know, like that one there. Um, yeah. You know, you need a, you need lots of those over the course of a lifetime. You know, that's what it's sort of like what bonds you to the team. I almost feel. Yeah, there are some losses that like I have no problem like so I've, like when it's done with I don't feel like I've I've wasted my time or like a part of me is just like gone forever like maybe the Brooklyn loss aside um you know you can just handle like close like tightly fought like epic games that end in losses unfortunately um but uh what did we say the criteria was you say highlights plenty of highlights in this one I remember like a cool um uh uh LeBron's play to win it, obviously. Um, Tatum just is like stands out. I'm having trouble remembering anything else because of how good Tatum was that game. Um, probably another c- criteria we could throw in there just slightly, maybe like good commentary, like particularly good commentators like Mike Breen et al. Uh, and whatnot. But like, you know, I remember the, do you guys remember the Oklahoma City game from two seasons back, the Marcus Morris three point winner? Yeah. With like a second to go. And <laughs> players we were like only, buried with like 20 seconds to go. Players' yeah. omen commentary where they just did this. 
wow. the whole play. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking ridiculous. So having good commentary adds to it as well too. Um, I forget the other criteria you said. <laughs> Sorry, but no. It's a completely rewatchable game as far as I'm concerned. I'd have no problem sitting through it again, like despite knowing where how it ends and in a loss. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend starting with this as sort of simmering up to to the rest of the list that we'll get to. This is a Kemba free game, this one. Uh, he, coming out of the All-Star break, he had that knee issue, which thankfully now I guess he has lots of time to recover from. Uh, and the starting guards for the Lakers were Avery Bradley and, and Danny Green, which I thought was weird. Like, I know that LeBron plays the point guard technically, but for them to start two aging, slower two guards as their two starting guards, I thought was a weird flavor to this game. I don't game. like the Avery Bradley slander. I still hold out a candle for him. <laughs> <laughs> you put one out on your doorstep every night. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the clean roommate version he of Michael sure Smart. Is. The second quarter, though, of this game, classic Jason Tatum second quarter that at that moment, in that point in the season, we were becoming accustomed to. So 18 points, seven from 10 from the field, a plus seven overall in that quarter alone. And from the highlights that we, we just play at the top of this segment, like absolutely taking it to Anthony Davis. Um, I remember sitting there watching that game, just being like, oh my God, like that's Anthony Davis. He is a, you know, an end-to-end player, an incredible defensive player, um, not someone to be driven at when he's defending the rim. And, you know, in those two plays, Tatum pops the three right in his face, and then drives at him, step back, bank shot again, right in AD's face. And for those moments alone, like makes it an incredibly rewatchable game as we sort of, at that point in time on the 23rd of February, it's starting to realize like, well, hang on a second, like Tatum is pretty fucking good. And then in the third quarter, comes out again, 18 points, this time four or five from the field and nine free throw attempts um, and, and continues his, his ponage of Anthony Davis. And the fourth quarter, Joe, I mean, you touched on it, but we all know what kind of happens there. It doesn't make it any less of a rewatchable game because the the controversy factor, which could be slotted under the moments portion of the criteria, I think is um, is what makes it just a a dramatic affair uh, as a whole and and very rewatchable. So I was very excited to sit down and rewatch most of this game. It'd be interesting to see if I, I actually want to test myself. So this is what I think happened. So... I haven't been doing any Googling. I haven't looked at any play-by-plays. <laughs> Brown hits a three from the from the corner to put us up by two um, with a bit over a minute left. We get a stop. Hayward is on a fast break. Hayward smokes the layup. Yeah, that's right. That oh, was crucial. That was omitted from the highlights on YouTube, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> LeBron comes back. LeBron hits the... He hits the first... He misses, misses the one. second. Yeah. Um, and then Jalen Brown, he has reasonable position on Davis, but Davis just taps it off him. So it goes back to LeBron. LeBron hits the fadeaway, puts them up one with like 14 seconds left, and yeah. Tatum doesn't get a shot off at the end. That's right. He, he almost gets it off, but um, just not in the nick of time. It was, how many it really... things it must. <laughs> Uh, I think that's pretty. Uh, you've pretty much got it there. I just I remember hearing LeBron talk about his game winning shot after the game, and it was so so. It was interesting watching that with, with that in mind in hindsight. But how he'd been going baseline on yeah, Jalen Brown, Brown, yeah, and he gave yeah, him a and and this last play fight. he fakes baseline and, and spins and classic LeBron. Uh, unfortunately, it was, it was to beat the Celtics in this case, but very very rewatchable game. Um, 
We're going to move on now. Number nine in the season's most rewatchable games, Thunder at Celtics, February 9, 2020. Celtics win by one on a classic Marcus Smart steal and some very clutch Kemba Walker play. Top right of your screen. Walker. Gallinari in the switch. Kemba. High arcing three by Walker over the outstretched arms. Of Gallinari. 106.99 Boston by seven now. Yeah, with two should have won it. He does it again, right? Walker. Uh, he takes the pit. You got it. Pop. The man lives. I told you he has a burst in him again. in this fourth, and he is delivering right now. 25. This is the last game that he moves. Alexander now. One <laughs> position game, but three times it. <laughs> Stolen by Smart. There it is. Head Walker. Fouls with 3.4 on the clock. Really that was an almost blowing game, man. I'd have to contest this one as an entry into the uh, rewatchable games because that frustrated me so much when we went up by nine. And uh, Tatum missed a floater. He, he took a really bad shot from memory um, with like a minute left. And like, you just, it was just one of those ones where this team that I did love this team this season, but... You, it had moments where you could feel the wheels coming off, right? And, um, man, if that game had gone on another 30 seconds, I feel like we would have lost. Mm. Yep. Well, it was almost like foreshadowing how we finished the season because, like, that was just about the last, like, the last, like, five games we played. We were up, yeah. like, what felt like at least 20 and then, you know, won, I think, two of them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, the signs were there and it was a little bit frustrating. I can't stand it, you know, like, having big leads and blowing it down. I'd much rather it be the other way around, but, you know, that's, like, a whole aneurysm in itself. So, yeah, just, <laughs> just wish we could close it out. Yeah, I, I to summarize the rewatchability of this, I, I put a, it's a gutsy road win against a really good team. Uh, no single great performance, and it took some sort of serious, tough, on-the-road team ball to, to get this one done. Uh, it was not a tidy game at all. I, I remember being quite frustrated by it, but I think given the team we beat and the fact that we did it in their house uh, and it was it came down to several clutch plays... Um, I, I think that makes it a rewatchable game. I, I know what you're saying, Joe, in terms of it maybe not making the list, um, but it, it was gutsy in the end. And I think those Kimba threes were, well. were awesome. Those Kimba threes were amazing. I mean, yeah. the game felt like it was one uh, on that second one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the team knew that they weren't firing on all cylinders at that point. I think they, they knew that they weren't playing well because it wasn't the first game that it sort of came out a little lackluster like that. And yet... They they found a way to win anyway, and I, I think that makes it an important game, and it shows the resilience of the team. Something that we didn't have the year before with with Kyrie and, and Horford and and those dudes. And, and it really was neck and neck the whole way, both um, Celtics Thunder games. You know, a lot mm. of lead changes. You know, maybe like a nine point lead max at one stage, but um, yeah, no, no, I I agree. Rewatchable probably purely for the smart steal, and you discount everything else. But you know, I think it still <laughs> is is worthy of a spot. Yeah, if anything, just watch the fourth quarter. Um, but we're talking about some of the criteria. All, all five Celtic starters scored in double digits. And not only that, but from the highlights perspective, really good performances from Chris Paul, Gallo, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, particularly Gallo, but all three of those guys were really fun to watch. I I, um, I only watched the highlights for this one in, in research for this pod. Um, but like all the plays that those guys were, um, all the shots and you know, and plays that those guys were executing were um, really high level. And I'm kind of disappointed that we 
you know, we might not get to see that team in the playoffs. It could have been Chris Paul's last good season too. You never know, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I love that Thunder team. I love that. I love that Chris Paul's still good. <laughs> I <laughs> isn't it interesting that Westbrook Chris Paul trade seemed to kind of work out for. It kind of seemed to Win-win. be working out for everybody, you know. Mm. Imagine being a team that like picked up a guy in the buyout market and and committed you know, millions of dollars to a player only for the whole league to be shut down. I know there's a lot of um, toing and froing as far as like, will the players continue to get paid and, and that kind of thing. But I guess from the Celtics perspective, I'm thankful to not have that added complication to our overall roster as far as acquiring another player that must be paid given the circumstances. I think all of them can probably hold out a month or two, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, 30 I mean, million so. a year like I mean not, not everyone but you know what I mean <laughs> Shit, yeah come on I mean some of them only earn 1 million per year which uh you know that yeah, tough right. times and then once that you factor in the bends and uh gonna you have know, to the, fact, the flat you screen have to call TV Mercedes and... the payment's gonna be late I'm sorry one <laughs> yeah. thing holy shit one, one thing I was reading about is we assume that a lot of them have hoops at home you know but if you're making yeah. a million bucks a year and you're living in an apartment like this you don't have a hoop you know like no. there'll be stacks no. of guys in the NBA like that if you I don't own a house, get, then you probably don't have a hoop, access to a hoop. Are they allowed to go to their, their training facilities nah, just man. like alone? Nah, they've banned it. No, it's just total shutdown. Yeah. Right, yeah. shit. Okay. I mean, does the, the Trump stimulus package pay the next payment on Brad Wanamaker's Mercedes Benz? That's <laughs> These are the things that keep me up at night. I, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> well, I wonder how many. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's move on, shall we? Number eight, the Celtics at Raptors on Christmas Day 2019. Jalen Brown buries another three. 34 points in Jason Tatum's young career. This is such a happy game. Yeah. I love every minute of this. Bar the first like two minutes. And he's going to pass Antoine oh. Walker. Jalen Brown getting yeah. it done. He's oh, worth that four-year right. 115 bill he signed. The yellow, pink, the yellow and pink shoe got? combination as well. I give him more. Five-plus seconds different shot clock and game clock. At the end of the third quarter. Wanamaker. Yeah. Go over your shoulder. Go over your shoulder. Brown spinning back the Ooh. other way. What a shot by Jalen Brown. I mean, that's just so spicy by Jalen Brown. And, you know, this was a great a great team win by the Celtics, but this was a Jalen Brown game. This was, was. an absolute Jalen Brown yep. game. Uh, 30 points, six boards, four assists. And uh, this, I think, is the, the leader of, of these five games for the, the Celtics pawn slash erotic city factor. Like this is, I was nervous before this game. The Raptors, you know, the, they were missing Siakam in this one, um, but they're that kind of resilient team that they can beat anyone on any given night, no matter who's on the court for them. We saw that all season for them. Um, so I was super nervous that my Christmas was going to be ruined, um, that I would watch this game and, and go on to see family members uh, for them to think like, what's wrong with this guy? Like what's going on in his life that he's so upset in this great family moment on a, on a holiday period. <laughs> uh, but uh, that did not happen because the Celtics blew these guys out on their own court for the first time, I think since like 2014. Uh, and it was just, it was total, total Celtics porn. Um, the only, I guess, uh, um, negative factor of this game was that it did start at 4am Sydney time. Mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, and then you of course had the Boxing Day Test annihilation to uh, to follow up. With. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, was, That's right. It was it was a great day to be an Australian. 
<laughs> it would have it, it had we lost this game it would have severely affected my um my desire to watch the rest of the games and there was some corkers on too i think it was like um <laughs> i call them the clickers um the lakers and the clippers were on i think in the afternoon as well too yeah they're yeah. gonna form as the team it's gonna be the clickers um uh but yeah no it was just fantastic i think uh toronto started on a 10-0 run and I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, it's so early. I got up for this. I can't believe it. And then just from then on, I think we outscored them. Like, I don't know what the numbers were, but it was like something absurd from then to like the fourth quarter, which just, just blew them out, out of the water. So yeah, no, it was super enjoyable. Yeah, this game had the the recipe in that, yeah, the Raps went on that 10-0 run. And then we see, we saw this a lot during the season. Gordo gets a couple of buckets, a couple of consecutive hoops and, and kind of calms the team down. And then and then the erotic city sort of emerges from that point. Um, th- this was the sort of um, an exhibition of the, the ideal Celtics recipe that we saw in our best games throughout the season with, with Gordo getting things started and it sort of um, cascading outward from there. Um, this was a really enjoyable, rewatchable game. And, you know, some of these, you might just watch the highlights. This is one where I, I recommend sitting down and watching the whole thing because it, it really is very spicy. <laughs> this is what's going to bum me out about about this whole thing is like normally like the promise of the NBA at the end of the winter is sort of kind of what gets me going, keeps me going through it. And, um, man, we don't know when the NBA is coming back, you guys. <laughs> I know. When's We're going to have back? to get creative when it comes to podcast topics. I know we've got some exciting things in the works, maybe, depending on how you define exciting as far as a rewatchables pod on, on Celtics Pride and, and maybe a couple of trivia shows. You've been but... pushing this Celtics Pride movie for like a year. <laughs> so it's, it's day so one. Bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it, is, it is really hard to watch. Um but we're lucky, uh, well, lucky is the wrong word, but we're maybe the only franchise I'm aware of that has a, a movie that's essentially based around the existence of the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I'll, uh, there's one other film I can think of was some Whoopi Goldberg movie from the 19, like 1992 oh, that was, or something. Oh, it was called Eddie. Eddie, yeah. Oh, yeah. All about the Knicks and shit, but yeah. No, well, the, yeah. Uh, well, not all yeah. about them, but yeah. yeah. There's, there's also the a, um, there's one with like Common. I mean, there's heaps of ones that have, but there's Common and Queen Latifah. They're in this one. It's called like something to do with Wright. Like the guy's name's Wright. He gets injured. He's like common, the star point guard for the New Jersey Nets, all star point guard. I mean, they picked the like, they picked the least glamorous team in the league, and um, like they were still playing, they were still playing at Meadowlands back then. And it's him and Queen Latifah, and uh, Dwight Howard makes a cameo. Um, there's also another <laughs> sneaky one, guys, is um, how to lose a guy in ten days, which is probably my favorite chick flick. Um, the New Definitely. York Knicks are playing the Sacramento Kings in the NBA Finals in that one. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that where I she know. keeps making him go back to the bar to, like, change a drink and stuff? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Kings-Knicks Finals. That's I, I've seen that movie, like, but Kings, I, I did not pick up on that. The Kings were good back then, but the Knicks, like... <laughs> I, mean, yeah. that, I mean, that were... Man, after, like, 2001, I think they had a, they had a good series against the Raptors. Anyway... Um, mm. I'm, I'm digressing. Well, no, but the, the point is, is that we'll get through this and, you know, whether it's by watching these rewatchable games <laughs> or watching, or watching chick flicks and, and picking up on very bizarre NBA finals hypotheticals, there are methods that we can leverage to get through this. And, uh, I guess the point is, is we're going to podcast about all of them <laughs> until the NBA comes back because what the fuck else are we going to do? Yeah. Moving yeah. on. 
Raptors Celtics again, this time October 25, the second game of the season. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both score 25 points each. Siakam has to kick it back out. Tatum comes up with the steal. Tatum bounce pass. Brown for two. Lowry back to Gasol. Rebound loose. Brown's got it. Bounce pass ahead. Beauty to Haywood. I was at a rodeo in Fort Worth, Texas when this game was on and you guys <laughs> were messaging me updates about the game, uh, which is a strange way, I guess, for an Aussie to, to digest a Celtics game, let alone what else was going on around me. But it was the first home game of the season. It was Kemba's home debut. And I think it was the first moment that everyone you know it's weird to say because it's only the second game of the season but expectations were low going into the season if you if you remember which is what's made it so fun and i think this was the first game where everyone was kind of like well hold the phone like i think we've got ourselves a team here right like the jays both looked incredible Kemba had a slow start to the season but gordon hayward looked um healed i suppose and, and back to his old self and it was kind of this um, it only took two games of the season for everyone to kind of change their expectations a little bit. I don't know. It just seemed like a really fun and and landscape-shifting game. Well, I I, I I mean, it's a revisionist history now, isn't it? I felt like <laughs> the team... I, I feel like my prediction at the start of the season was would be a, like a tough second round out. You know, like seven games, tough six games out in the second round. And... Um, I feel like the, the the expectations we went in with this team were like we're going to be really good. Like this preseason, we looked good, you know, and um, we learned from last year that the preseason absolutely can mean something. And I felt like we looked good in the preseason. Jalen Brown's decision making was clearly different, um, and um, and yeah, that that was probably the main thing that really stuck out to me in the, in the preseason. But we just knew the team was limited, you know. We knew it was sort of it had some flaws. Um, so, um, I, I just sort of feel like this is a house money season, even though I do sometimes complain about it, but this was one of those games that just felt like house money, you know, this is awesome. This is just a thrilling experience and just, just of its own accord, you know, um, or in and yeah. of itself. It followed on the back of, um, you know, I guess it was an expected loss to Philly, but like, you know, the manner of it was just a little bit underwhelming, like, uh, like Jalen Brown, like. They had four fouls in like oh, five yeah. seconds or something. So yeah, I thought this game will say a lot about the season we're going to have. Like if we're going to lose, I just think that clearly relegate. I know it's like so early on, it's bullshit. Like we could have easily turned it around, but I just feel like mentally for them as well, it may have just relegated them. Like oh, we're just not there yet. You know, we're not on this this level here. And it was a home game. I remember that third quarter particular being feeling like so unfair because Siakam and Larry were just absolutely just draining threes like effortlessly yeah. no problem we couldn't hit shit and it was like from three that is and I just thought like there is no way you do there's no there's a three-point shooting disparity this large and you pull through and win and lo and behold I remember Kemba as well wasn't that great up until the fourth quarter and then he really right. started to come to it really got it together and we saw that pass there from um Brown to um to Hayward that was almost the cherry on top so uh, that was a really strong gutsy win in the context of the season as early as it was I think that mentally did big favors for the group they're like we can we've we got something here this is the defending champions Kawhi was sure but that was the first home game in a really like kind of must win as must win as can be after two games and they delivered yeah and absolutely and also just Kawhi like, on the Kawhi fire. <laughs> 
<laughs> also just thinking towards the end of that game like okay like uh, uh tatum and brown maybe the best celtics you know going into the season it's like this is Kemba's team this is gordon hayward's team will go as far as 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 gordo and Kemba can take us then not even by the end of that game being like okay like are jalen and jason actually the best celtics here that being an exciting revelation and um watching it happen and it leading to the win and them getting identical stat lines like both of the 25 9 and 4 um Mm. yeah that was just there was a lot to that game for it to happen so early in the season this this turning point of expectations where we're like oh shit okay like this could be a very successful and exciting season Obviously, it didn't turn out that way. <laughs> but uh, who, who could have foreseen teams. This is a really close game throughout. And I I understand it can be difficult to sit down and watch a full game that you've already watched start to finish. But I, I highly recommend at the very least putting on the fourth quarter and watching that from start to finish with no interruptions. Super clutch three by Gordon Hayward as well with about three and a half minutes to go. At that point, the game easily could have gone gone either way. Both teams were trading buckets and Siakam and Lowry were killing us. And Gordo, um, there's two reasons why that's important. Obviously, it led to the, the Celts winning that game. But I think the there was a hyper assessment of Gordon Hayward early in the season to be like, okay, is he now going to be that guy we've paid all this money for? And... Until he went out with the the hand injury in the Spurs game, I think he did he did everything to show us that he was finally going to make up some of the losses there as far as that contract was concerned, and and certainly that his clutchness down the stretch in that game against the Raptors demonstrated that. So contextually, I think this is a really important game in that, in that sense as well. It was a confidence mm. builder for sure. It felt it felt great. There were a lot of quality wins early on eh, in that season. Yeah, well, I I had forgotten about. I completely forgot about this, and I think that's a sign of the times and and how everyone's kind of had to um, box up their past and just live in this this present bubble. Yeah. But um, the Celtics went on a ten game winning streak after that that first loss of the season there, and like were the one seed for ages, mm. and had a really that really promising start to the season. Totally forgot about that, but you can watch the there's a highlight reel that someone put out. Um, of that 10 game winning streak and uh if you're really down in the dumps start with that and i think that'll be the sort of the gateway drug if you will to to catching some of the, these other highlights that we've been, been discussing yeah. tonight and it's so hard to dedicate more than like 10 games to memory sort of reliably like what if you we didn't even finish the season the 64 of them or something like yeah. just i just forget even as great as they are as amazing as when you're watching them like, oh my god it, it just goes <laughs> away because it was like it's been so many games since yeah, absolutely. Now, number six, Celtics at Spurs, November 9. It's a blowout in San Antonio. This is the game of the Hayward hand injury. Uh, but I believe it was also Brad Stevens' first win in San Antonio. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so pretty pretty spicy game there. Let's get to these highlights right now. Really? I'm not going there, man. Ten seconds on the clock. Aldridge, got a big lead. Here. Nah, man. Oh, that's a volleyball spike right there. And he leads the Braves back to Devontae Graves. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I can't wait. Something's right now. It was great, this game. This is probably the best non-Mike Gorman commentary game um, that, that Kyle Draper and, and Scal managed to put together because... They they don't have the analysis and and like the the old schoolness that that Gorman has, but they have this kind of dual hype man 
aspect to them. And this was the best game for a couple of hype men just to sort of wax lyrical about what was going on in front of them because it was an absolute shellacking of the Spurs, the Popovich Spurs in San Antonio. And I know that they're not the Spurs, you know, that we've seen we in didn't the know five, that 10 then, years though, prior. We, yeah, exactly. We thought the Spurs so were still the Spurs. It definitely felt like it meant something at the time. Yep. Absolutely. A, a close runner-up in the Celtics porn slash erotic city department, uh, in my opinion. Mm, yeah. Um, same Similar start to the Toronto game, actually, the Christmas Day one. I'm pretty sure the Spurs start 10-0 or a big run to start with and then yeah it just we flip the switch and it just goes it just goes one way from there yeah the um the uh alley-oop from time lord where i feel like he like jumps like almost like above the actual like backboard itself and like and 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 throws it down like two-handed and gets fouled doing it as well too it was just was an epic highlight this was a really good time lord game probably the the great robert williams game of the season like he it was block central he had one uh, I guess you could call it an alley-oop, alley-oop finish where he got the entry pass and was facing away from the basket and like kind of like just tipped it in, no look, reverse alley-oop. Like you got to rewatch the game to see it, but um, mm. like so many good Time Lord highlights. And well, we mentioned that Hayward was injured in this game. I, I think that the Time Lord injury came not too long after this game, uh, but at this point, you know, obviously a huge win against a great team in, in their house. Um, and the first for Brad Stevens in that sense, but maybe one of the first games where we were like, okay, like, you know, at this point where we're used to Tatum, we're used to Brown, Gordo's looking good, like Kemba's coming into his own on this team. Uh, the center situation's, you know, still a little bit questionable. And then we see this game from Robert Williams and suddenly we're like, okay, like, oh, maybe we've got our starting five. And this is pre Tice peak. And so we see this game from Robert Williams at this moment in time and, um, very, very exciting walking away from this one. And it was just a an absolute rout of a of a great Spurs team. Absolutely ran them out of the gym on this one. Uh and I think it was the seventh consecutive win as part of that that ten game winning streak as well. So um this is an enjoyable and satisfying one to watch. Do you remember that Bill Simmons tweeted literally like 30 oh, seconds before right. the Hayward ha- broken hand? Like, oh, I've yeah. been scared to say it because I don't want to jinx it, but this Celtic team is really good. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fantastic. That was, a good, that was a good Simmons, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Great game from almost everyone. It's a 20-point win, and yet somehow Marcus Smart finished with a minus three in, in this 20-point blowout. I thought that was just a weird takeaway stat. Marcus Smart is, you know, normally Mr. Plus Minus other than Grant Williams himself, the the holy and loyal Grant Williams. Um, so I just thought it was weird that he came out with a, a negative plus minus in, uh, in such a blowout. Yeah, unusual. Very unusual for Smart. Um, he probably didn't shoot too well from the three that game. No. <laughs> I feel like the best Smart games, though, are the, like, two for nine, three for nine, five rebounds, four assists games, though. You know, like those seem to be the ones where he's he. That's when he saves. He'll always save those, those big buckets right for the end. Like, mm. yeah, he'll always get a, a clutch three, like when it's really needed. I'm a smart. Yeah. All right, so that's ten through six of our top ten most rewatchable games of the season. Please uh, tweet us at Celtics Reddit Pod or let us know in the comments on the Reddit thread if you've got any. Um, amendments you'd like to to make to that list i i had 
was thinking to myself, guys, a couple of honorable mentions, and it might be better to, to get to this full list of honorable mentions at the end of the next pod. Um, but Carson Edwards, I think in the either I think it was the preseason, preseason uh, or summer Cleveland league against KS. yeah yeah we had like thirty something points. 10. Yeah, yeah, and like, we talk about like pockets of hope in in these games that we've mentioned, where like how you felt during that point of the season, like felt pretty damn good when Carson Edwards put up all those points on the Cavs. So that's that almost crept in there for me, but given the the lack of significance overall of of that win, it just um it didn't quite make it there for me. Any any additions there that you guys might make at this point? Uh, Gordon Hayward seventeen for twenty against the Cavs as well too. I think the first oh, player yeah. since Will Chamberlain. <laughs> which is always a great way to start a stat as, as a cherry yeah. pick as it is but yeah, <laughs> yeah i think that should that should be in there all right that's gonna do it for for part one of this mini series is it a mini series if there's just two episodes sure well, why not but before we go though i, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone on celtics reddit for keeping the community humming along uh lead speak comp engineer barbie and the whole mod team for allowing memes and shit posts during these crazy times it definitely helps me get through the day, which I guess might sound a little melodramatic, but it's definitely true. Uh, and it's kind of been a lifeline lately. So I just wanted to say thanks to everyone involved for that. Uh, and we're going to keep the new podcast coming along uh, as as best we can just to to return the favor, I suppose. Uh, Amag Swag pushing out the memes in this this new meme-friendly time. I had to give a shout out to, to that person. I know they've been a huge proponent of memes on the sub for a long time and i guess uh in in what is a dark time for everyone else this is kind of the golden age for mx swag so shout out to that guy uh, and also timmy as well uh for continuing to to put out the the celtics highlights i know there's not any current celtic content for that guy to to zip up and put out on his youtube channel um but he continues to go back and rewatch old games similar to us capture new content and put it out there to the benefit of everyone else who's suffering uh, as a result of what's going on so huge huge shout out to timmy there jackson and joe um is there any other content before we go that you guys have kind of used as a crutch or, or gravitated towards in the last couple of weeks to sort of keep things interesting for you guys sports related or otherwise yeah, Brad Stevens' first season and the players and the highlights and factors from that. I feel like we should talk about it in the next episode because I got I got a deep dive involving Jordan Crawford that oh, hell yeah. is not that spectacular, <laughs> but I, I want to give it time, so we'll do it then. I think. I've seen uh, I've seen a little bit of old NPC rugby, so New Zealand provincial rugby. It was sort of like the equivalent of the NBA, I guess, for rugby. Uh-huh. And um and you watch some games like this is a game in 1985. Um, and it's insane the amount of interaction from the crowd. Like you, you can probably remember going to rugby games and running onto the park when you're a kid. But these guys, yeah. there was this try they got scored, and a guy comes out of the crowd and pats the. This is in the middle of the game. This isn't like a game clinching try. The guy comes out of the crowd, pats him on the back, and away he goes. And I didn't think he was arrested or anything. It was just normal. <laughs> <laughs> like, just run out of the crowd, give the try score a pat on the back. Things have changed in 30 years, man. Things have really changed. So a bit, yeah. of, a bit of old school rugby content since you've been keeping me going. Okay, all right. Well, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to find a link for that and post it in the comments because I'm sure, in, in particular, the Boston fans out there are very interested in NPC rugby. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely want to check it out there. That oh, sounds yeah. freaking it, awesome. Give it a we'll look at our Celtics now. nation. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Jackson and Joe, thanks for joining us. We'll be back for more content very soon. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.